0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Health Tech Podcast, where we talk about everything healthcare and technology. I'm your host, James Someru, and this is your weekly Sunday session. hope you guys have all had a really good week uh we are now at episode 100 of the health tech podcast so i've just got a big thank you to give every single person that's listened to this podcast everybody that's got in touch with me everybody that's given any sort of feedback whatsoever um i love you guys thank you so much for listening um it's been a hell of a ride 100 episodes so much has happened so much water under the bridge HS has come and sort of gone and we'll talk about that on this episode. I've got uh, Alex who's the founder of Verti, he was my co-founder in HS. And um, we'll talk about everything from episode 1 to uh, how we met, how we founded HS, why we founded HS, how we actually grew an accelerator, what we learnt on that journey and what we're both doing now, what we've gone on to do now. And I guess as you listen through this, you'll kind of pick up tips for, I guess, finding your passion, tips for starting a business, tips for starting a podcast even, tips for finding a co-founder. There's loads of different bits and bobs in this. Alex gives a lot of his insights from the businesses that he's grown and everything that he's doing now, Scaling Verti. And yeah, we talk about how I started Somex as well and a few other bits and bobs, so Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. As I say, it's a real reflection onto everything that's happened. And as I say, a lot of water has gone under the bridge, but it's been one hell of a journey. 100 episodes of this podcast and I guess mirroring that with what's happened at HS. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this one. And if you've got any feedback on it, if you've got any feedback on the podcast, if you want to be a guest, if you want to suggest a guest, if you just want to get some tips on starting your own podcast anything at all then obviously as always my details are all in the description of the episode so yeah enjoy this one guys and get in touch cool to so alex hey man how's it going very
1: good thank you very good enjoying uh, sunny england at the moment uh missing california a little bit but the sunshine's keeping me sane you <laughs> how much time are you spending out there now um, so, I mean, I was out there for probably around about six months um, last year in 2019. I think increasingly our business, Verti, is uh, very US centric. So we've got mm. the majority of our customers over there in, in Houston and in California and now on the East Coast as well. So I guess with me as CEO, you've you you know you've got to have a presence when you're scaling up in a new territory. So. Uh, I took the hit and <laughs> spent six
0: months on the west coast of the US, which is a real What great. a horrible hit to take yeah. now. So, oh, my God. That must have been terrible. <laughs> so how's lockdown treating you? I mean, yeah, you escaped back to the UK probably just in the right time. Right, right. So I, got, I think I actually got the second to last British
1: Airways flight back oh from um, LAX into Heathrow um, when, when things were sort of starting to completely lock down on both sides of the Atlantic. But I mean, you know, for us, it's been, you know, pretty, pretty good business-wise. Obviously, we can talk about how it kind of affects teams and stuff like that, perhaps a little bit later on. But, you know, for us, we're we're basically a digital training uh, provider and people have had to kind of scale up uh, COVID-19 training, like how to put on protective equipment, how to wash your hands, how to update staff and and employees at scale. Um, Yeah, we've been really kind of inundated and snowed under. So we've brought on a bunch of new customers. Um, over the last kind of couple of months, and, and launch you know a couple of new products. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's been a really interesting time. I think from a company point of view, we've certainly, although we're a relatively kind of distributed and remote team anyway, we've optimised you know even further some of our processes with how we handle kind of async communication, um, how we make sure everyone is still communicating and checking in and not going crazy, mm. um, and you know particularly with employees where they have uh, young children um, or uh, normally, you know, they they get their kind of um, release by by going outside or going to the gym or something like that. And those things have been taken away, Mm. uh, you know, trying to support them as much as we can, really.
0: Yeah, I was, I was chatting to um, I was to Lloyd from Zesty about this on a, on an episode that I did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, probably even shorter than that, actually, a few days ago. And you know, he was saying the same thing. And you know, your position in the company is kind of leader, and and you know, all these employees below you. It's it's interesting what this has done to kind of how you manage teams and what you expect of people. And I think there's there's been so much. I suppose, shock from some leaders that actually work does get done when you just let people be at home and with their kids and all the rest of it It might not get done nine to five, but it certainly gets done at some point during the day. Um, Have you found it sort of leading and, and, and managing your team? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been good. I
1: mean, we we've got a you know we've got a fantastic team, lots of of tech developers cause, because we have a, a very kind of like technical product. But I think for us, uh, it's it's really just sort of focused down um, some of our internal processes, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially things like sales were sales or uh, things like raising investment as well it's it's uh, a big component of that is face-to-face actually seeing someone body language and and that's now been taken away so it's been really interesting looking at how um, we've used our sort of product um and particularly giving people more access to demo environments um tracking user data and and then really optimizing how people do kind of sales calls over zoom or, or on mobile as well and i think one of the Uh, the long-term benefits of that is going to be reduction
0: in, you know, travel costs for salespeople on both sides of the Atlantic, which, which, you know, should be really, really positive. Nice. Cool, man. So look, I'm pumped to get you on. Obviously, it's been it's been a while since you've been on this podcast, mate. Um, Ninety-one episodes, maybe like like (laughs)
1: ninety-five.
0: And yeah, obviously, we're episode one hundred. I think this will be when this goes out. So I think, yeah, awesome for us to look back and sort of reflect on. On the fact that it was you that actually wanted to do this podcast initially, and I didn't actually want to do it, and then obviously passing the torch onto me to take it forwards and the rest of it, and and yeah, everything that that we've kind of done at HS, and and obviously the the things that have happened very recently with uh, with the market and everything that we've been doing. But um, can you remember what episode one was about?
1: Um, I, well I mean first of all, congratulations on making it to one hundred that 's oh, a you know, massive achievement i think when when we first sort of started talking about doing this, it was you know very much my thing was uh, it's all about consistency so uh, mm-hmm. you've, you've got to be you know putting out quality content um once weekly now twice weekly obviously as you're doing and that's what you know builds up the following that you've got and uh, it's over 100 com- countries 100 countries it. 100 episodes that's what i'm on now yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome So, so i mean i think you know congratulations on on that and Thanks, buddy. yeah i mean i think the first episode was if i remember correctly was basically sort of introducing what we were doing in the health tech space, introducing ourselves, and really sort of talking about what, what we were doing at the time, which was uh, very much about helping um, health technology companies to, to grow and scale. And part of that was uh, raising investment, um, and part of it was uh, effectively optimizing them and making sure they have product market fit and making sure that um, the you know, sales processes, operational processes, hiring processes are all in place. Um, and it was really, I guess, sort of talking about our sort of journey into that, and and how we, you know, how we had left our previous lives in the NHS, using an tests, me as a trauma orthopaedic surgeon, um, and and kind of gone full time into, uh, you know, the health technology space.
0: Yeah, the, you know, the one thing, the one thing that I actually remember about um, start, starting episode one was that well, I actually, I actually put on a post a, a couple of days ago that. You know, one of my tips is just record episode one, and I, I can remember you, you essentially just saying, "We're just going to record it," and right. actually that that was kind of the push that I needed, and it, you know, it was the i guess that you know the advice that i give now to, to anybody thinking about doing this stuff well, you know no matter, no matter what sort of content it is is actually don't don't really worry about the quality of it because i'm sure the production value and all the rest of it of that first episode not that i've listened to it in a while is is probably way different to what it is now but the point is it, it got it going and then after that all the kind of anxieties about how it's going to be received and blah 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 and it's not going to be received by anyone it's literally like like my mum that probably listened to it and that was it for like 17 weeks before we took off from from zero but yeah, it's 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 interesting about you know just being pushed in, into that stuff, and then my kind of perfectionism took over and <laughs> wanting to make it high production value and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, well, that, very that, appreciative of the push that you gave us there, mate.
1: Yeah, no worries. I mean, it's 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 document, don't perfect. Is what I'm saying to everyone. And I think whether you're uh, you know starting a business, whether you're starting a podcast, whether you're doing anything, whether you're going to the gym, um, you know, just, yeah. just get on and do it. Uh, you're gonna the first time you do anything you're going to absolutely suck at it um but if you have consistency and you keep doing it and you uh you know you, you really uh, just immerse yourself in it and and you understand some of the subtleties on how to grow and how to improve um as you have done with the podcast it will rapidly get a lot better and and as you yourself have yourself seen um you know your your following or whatever it is your revenue
0: will grow uh quite quickly yeah man so I guess it kind of parallels nicely with with HS and and everything that we did. Can Can you remember where we met, by the way? Yes. So um, I can remember this so vividly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It,
1: it is really weird. It's a bit, <laughs> a bit like when you meet your like girlfriend or wife, <laughs> yeah, your life yeah. partner. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, I, I guess just like kind of maybe backtracking a little bit. So we, I guess, just for context, uh, for people who might not have. Uh, heard the first episode if you haven't pause now or go back and listen to it in its entirety or, or don't <laughs> or just listen <laughs> yeah. to this summary uh, or listen to this summary. um so but yeah basically so james and i were working in uh, the nhs i had left um i my background was originally um trauma orthopedics but i was always very entrepreneurial i had a couple of companies in the past um but i'd done those kind of around my medical training um so i was like kind of Coding when I was uh, coming back from night shifts and um, doing business kind of calls and stuff on my phone between theatre cases uh, when I was you know still practicing. Um, so, what one of the things I wanted to do was basically see if I went full time um, in uh, you know, in the sort of health technology space. Doing a company, how far could I take it? Because that was one of the things that was gnawing at the back of my mind. Loved my job, loved working in the NHS, loved speaking to patients, uh, loved the, the team atmosphere, particularly loved trauma orthopedic surgery. Um, but it was that little thing at the back of my head where I was like, okay, you know, am I going to get to 35, 40, 50 and be like, you know, what could have happened uh, had I gone full time? Um, and I'd got relatively far in my, my training and I'm quite goals based. So I was like, Although to no one else, it would probably make sense, especially my parents, because they were like, why are you, give, why are you giving up this um, you know, <laughs> job? Um, I was like, no, I, I'm going to
0: completely quit and, and go and you know, try, try and do something else. So, Dude, literally on the phone last night, my dad asked me when I'm going back to medicine. <laughs> like, I told him the revenue. I told him everything that was going on. <laughs> Even then, he was like, and when are you going back to medicine? I'm, I'm sure he still thinks I'm on like a fellowship. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I'm just still on my gap. Yeah.
1: I'm just traveling at the moment. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so true. And I think, um, that, I mean, my, my mentality has always been slightly weird, which is why, you know, why wouldn't you do something? And I've never been like, I guess, particularly identified by my, my job or taking any kind of, um, I guess self either confidence mm. or like self, um, belief or like your own identity from, from whatever you're doing. So I was like, actually, I you know I don't really care if if I fall fall out on my face. What I'm interested in is actually learning, mm-hmm. uh, or you know spending more of my time learning on um, how to grow a company, how to um, raise capital. Because back in you know 2016, when when I was thinking about this and, and you were um, at digitalhealth.london London um, helping companies, having been through the, the Leadership Academy, um, we, we you know we were both in the same kind of headspace, which was we're not trying to build like a, a unicorn um, company necessarily, but we we want to like learn about uh, how to raise venture capital. We want to learn how to grow companies. We want to have, basically have a go at stuff. And we just want to absorb as much, thing, you know, as many things as possible. So going back to your original point, what were they, that kind of, those attitudes took both of us, you from, um, being in Digital Health.London and wanting to uh, move from what was effectively a public uh, sector facing um, sort of accelerator into a more kind of commercial one where, where you could offer more day-to-day impact onto the lives of entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. um, health tech companies. And me looking at how I could basically sort of get into a, a space where I could coach and help companies, having having done a little bit of that myself through through my previous journey. Uh, we both signed up and went to the launch of one of the cohorts of the Microsoft um, Accelerator um, in London. And um, I'm sure you you basically remember this as I do, which was <laughs> we were both kind of stood like towards the back of the room being pretty yeah. like a little bit too cool for school, yeah. actually, actually leaning on the opposite sides of quite a large post. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then a kind of mutual acquaintance that we both know uh, kind of came over and said hello to both of us and then basically sort of introduced us and it quickly transpired that our sort of you know attitudes and beliefs are very similar the things that we liked were very similar and we in fact had a kind of a mutual friend as well who'd, who'd worked with you at the leadership academy um uh who we, <laughs> we <basically laughs> bonded over um so uh yeah no it was it was it was super fun and i think it's um it's a little bit like you know you if you if you meet anyone especially in the kind of entrepreneur or founder space if you're looking for a co-founder often it is quite serendipitous but if you put yourself into these opportunities and, and events and, and keep speaking to people and keep going out and and surrounding yourself with like-minded uh, you know good people you will you'll find someone that you can work with quite quickly
0: so true, man. That, you know, I get asked this, I'm sure you do too, on, you know, on LinkedIn from people wanting advice, you know, how do I go and meet a co-founder? And it's so true that it's about intent. And I think if you if you intend, or if, if, your, if your actions match your intent, i.e. we both intended to learn more about starting an accelerator and to put it in this sector and all the rest of it, which took us to Microsoft, which took us to, you know, meeting each other and all the rest of it. I think if you keep putting yourself in the right place at the right time to meet those people, it's far more likely to happen. And I think, yes, okay. There are programs that you can apply to and you're going to be, you know, putting a room together and, and you're going to do that stuff. But actually there's, there's also work you can do yourself to, to make sure you're in that right place at right time, because ultimately, yeah, I don't think either can be trusted on its own if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you,
1: both you know both individuals in that circumstance had the intent to kind of you know start something themselves so yeah. weren't just going to you know hang out and be like oh this is a cool event i'm going to go to it and see what happens like we were literally going to analyze how they were doing things yeah exactly um with with the mindset to setting something up ourselves so mm-hmm. yeah i i i think it uh you know that i remember that very very well i think it was quite quickly that you know we then uh, i think even at that event we we were literally just sort of talking about our, our approach is to starting our own accelerator in the health tech space. And we're, uh, you know, just chatting about the problems with the existing kind of infrastructure in the UK and, and what the best systems internationally were. And our, our whole mindset on that was, we're going to basically, you know, put in the hard work, we're going to figure this out. And rather than it be derivative, we're going to build something that is quite new and quite, you know, different really than Mm. than other things that are out there with the goal to help companies uh grow and scale in in the health technology space and yeah
0: and just on that you know what one of the things i learned super quickly was that if you're going to do something innovative and against the grain and against the sort of traditional establishment and kind of the way that things have always been done there's actually a a hell of a lot of resistance to that. It goes against so many people's mindsets to set something up the way that we did or to even, you know, consider doing it the way that we were doing it, you know? And it was, it was strange to me because I'd always been in these environments where I was encouraged and the ideas were part of another company and having never set up something on my own, it was, it was interesting to me that all of a sudden I could understand how, you know, being an entrepreneur is that can actually be a very lonely place because you might actually be the only person on the planet that thinks that way and believes that this one thing is going to exist. And, and, and yeah, and going back to something that you said before actually as well about, you know, part of it was what we wanted to learn too. And we saw a gap in the market for what we believed was needed, which was an accelerator that helped early stage companies, but in a very commercial way, with more than just one business model, i.e., you know, the NHS, the private sector, the insurers, and you know, having it's and, and even B2C and, and all the rest of it and having a, a genuine conversation about how we set those business models up. I think we definitely spotted that was that was relevant. But also, as you say, it was about what we wanted to learn as well, and and you know, matching what we were good at, what we enjoyed, and and trying to find those differences in, in between us and how we set ourselves up to run things. And I think, yeah, oh man, the, the learning journey for me was uh, I was on the steep part of the curve very quickly with all that stuff. I don't know what your take on those early days was.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, because I, I think it's again, it's it's easy to forget um, what you didn't know when you started something. Yeah, um, and, and I think you know that's one thing that I often tell people if i'm doing kind of coaching with companies or or any of our kind of internal coaching at verti is you think about what you're grateful for what's what have you achieved because people can very very quickly forget um what they've done and you know where they've come from and um Get, you know, if, if someone's frustrated with their current situation, for example, um, I bet you actually if you sit them down and, and get them to think about what they're grateful for, that, that will turn around quite quickly and they'll be refocused on bettering themselves and um, really refocusing their, their passions um, on what they're doing. So I think you know, for me, I was very much in the mindset, yes, I've, I've had um, some businesses. I, uh, those businesses are all basically bootstrapped very lucky that they'd done very well. So they were, you know, revenue generating literally, uh, I was a kind of caricature, I guess, of kind of entrepreneur or founder and I <laughs> kind of coded everything myself, uh, that scaled up very, very quickly. Um, revenue generating, didn't have any other employees really. And I still had like hundred percent ownership of the business. So I'd never taken any venture capital funding. So for me, I didn't really understand, I guess, venture capital. I didn't get the, yeah, benefits yeah. of it, I didn't. Uh, it was all a bit, just a bit weird. I, I couldn't quite, you know, logically, I couldn't quite figure it out. So, so for me, I was very much like, you know, to have a have a child's mind. So that's like a bit of zen for you on mm. the podcast. But that's <laughs> one of the things that I always think about is don't don't assume that you you know you know everything, even if you've read it or you've seen it happen. Really experience it for yourself and then come at things with a a different mindset. So I was like, how can we? innovate around this space and how can we be different? And I think, again, you know, for you, where, where I'd obviously sort of set stuff up, knew business models, knew how to do things and, and had done things. So I had that kind of confidence that that I, mm. uh, that if we set our minds to something, we could do it, was different from you, where, again, you know, you'd been within a kind of public sector organisation. So, but I think that, you know, that was the fun for me because it was not just about me being on a, a journey myself and doing something selfish. It was also bringing people um, on that journey, say that, you know, you're learning. and, And again, like reflecting back on what we said at the beginning, one of the things that I'm, um, you know, always very, very proud of is, is kind of us having uh been through these kind of situations me kind of coached you me having learned some stuff from you as well um and then I was both kind of, of like kind of grown in that space so I, I think what you know whatever you're doing if you immerse yourself in it you're going to learn tons from it and and you can never really lose if you have that mindset to be honest
0: yeah totally man I, I definitely I definitely appreciate that as well the fact that I came top down almost from the kind of the systems and and the more the NHS side of things and and yeah, that side of the world and you'd come bottom up from, from kind of entrepreneurship. And I was, I suppose, always the, the most entrepreneurial person in the room from on on my journey. But then, you know, actually being launched into the entrepreneurial real space, it was so useful to have, you know, you that had been there and done that. And as you quite rightly put, had the confidence. And I think that was a that was a big thing for me because I wouldn't have necessarily Ever taken that plunge? I don't think had it not have been for a co-founder that had that confidence and that would just have literally that blind belief that this is actually going to work and I can see a path to this stuff. And I think it was all it was always good to have you around for that. Definitely, yeah. it's, it's interesting what you say as well about looking back about what um, and being grateful for what you actually did. And and you, you know we can always in our minds underplay that. You know, looking back at even at our launch event, you know, on that panel for our launch event of HS, having like private equity, venture capital, John Spindler and MedCity and, you know, all these players in the space that were just like, what are you guys doing or about to do is really cool. And actually, really good, and what exactly what the space needs. Um, I can remember John Spindler saying, "Like, welcome to the scene. This is so necessary," sort of thing. And you know, looking back, it's kind of audacious almost to be like these two guys can bootstrap an entire accelerator and take equity from companies yeah, exactly. and give loads of value. And how are they going to do that? And and yeah, we did right. <laughs> it was, yeah, that's it. It's so and, cool. Well, I think that's it. I, I think you
1: know, I guess for anyone listening, say what what, what we spacey set out to do was was looking at how we could innovate in in this the kind of accelerator in inverted commerce space I, I was never particularly keen on calling it an accelerator it was more of a a kind of uh ecosystem of of people interested in health technology with with the goal really to get the best people on the planet working on some of um you know healthcare's biggest problems globally because our you know our kind of passions were if we can find the best people and we can grow the best companies, you can really impact you know, healthcare on a, on a massive scale. And and we're both very passionate about uh, technology, especially health technology, and how that can impact the lives of, of patients and so forth. And um, I think even before that um, that event, we'd been out to a bunch of, of countries who had really, really strong infrastructure with health technology. So I remember when we both went over to uh, Tel Aviv, so, um, yeah. uh, that was... You know that was a fantastic learning experience speaking to um, some of the you know the, the government kind of startup incubator systems out there. Um, I was obviously over in the United States, and then really just looking at a global scale how things were done, and, and and looking at taking the best bits from from those, and then innovating ourselves. Because I think in the UK it's a small island, and, and you can get quite. Uh, preoccupied and focused with what's happening, you know, just around you locally, rather than having a, a global mindset of, okay, why didn't we actually look at it this way? This is what a, another system or country is doing. It so I think that that whole kind of iteration and when we were you know, continuously like at the Royal Festival Hall, stealing that free space and, and yeah. pitch decks
0: and, and learning. Don't tell anyone about that. That's the, yeah. that's the, the best kept secret in, uh, yeah, co-working in London. Are yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still using that as your offices? at the moment? Pretty much, mate, yeah.
1: <laughs> Although not right um, now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that for me was, was just a fantastic mm. learning journey. And I think just understanding how venture capital works. And then I guess kind of, you know, fast forward through that journey, what we uh, were looking to do was, we were basically looking to build out, was effectively in in our minds at the time, the the way to to help startups, which is raising a a venture capital fund as kind of first time fund managers. and to you know, to do that uh, for anyone who's raised uh, investment for a startup, you know that's very very difficult, especially seed and uh, seed stage investment. Raising uh, kind of like you know forty fifty million venture capital fund as first time fund managers with no kind of financial background is is also a challenge. But it was one that we were definitely up for, <laughs> and we basically and uh, we effectively did that with with the kind of LPs and, and people that we spoke to. However. Along that journey, and I'll, I'll just kind of, I've just got some of the, you know, the stats of, of what we, we actually did with our initial kind of cohorts at IHS. So we, uh, you know, we grew them to a valuation collectively of, of over kind of 20 million. Um, we helped the cohort raise over 4 million uh, in investment from pretty much nothing. They generated around 1.5 million collectively of new revenue, um, which was basically a 10x improvement over a period of around about 12 to 18 months. And then those companies themselves grew in size by about uh, six times, some of them. So actually, when, when we were reflecting on things, the bits that, so, you know, I, I won't speak for you, James, but the bits that I was enjoying was the, the bits that I thought I was, I was good at, which was identifying founders, helping to coach people, helping them to understand how to get product market fit or as we called it, product patient fit and use kind of my background and knowledge from Verti and from my previous companies to, to help them to understand how to scale their companies and, and you know, obviously make, make lots of cool introductions and uh, scale and optimize things. And so for, uh, you know, for me, and again, I'll let you sort of <laughs> put your spin on, on your side of things in a second. But for me, when we were bring things up to, to the now when we were looking at actually okay how are we going to potentially deploy a 40 million uh, venture capital fund how are we going to manage it the bits around venture capital and, and anyone who is is in finance or investment on the call will know this uh startup founders might not but it is very very you know financially orientated and and a lot of the day-to-day is actually about managing your investor relationships it's about making financial decisions over necessarily picking the the best companies or the most innovative technologies. Um, A lot of it is around business modeling and a lot of it is around return on investment calculations. Um, And that wasn't yet that that interested me a little bit and it was fun to learn about, but actually the things that were Getting me excited was was how can we help these companies grow and scale, and, and how can we optimise their their business models? How to uh, help these companies, how to how to get them to scale? How to coach the founders through potentially difficult times, and how to optimise their startups such that they help patients on the global scale. So, I mean, that that was kind of my take on things. And yeah, concurrently around that, uh, I because I'm completely stupid when when I left. Uh, <laughs> Healthcare, rather than just focusing on doing one thing, I decided to do a couple. So the other thing I was doing alongside this was um, building a company called Verti, which again started completely from scratch at exactly the same time um, in you know, towards the end of 2017, and uh, that was uh, that's a company in the digital training space, and that was growing very very quickly. Um, so over a period of sort of, you know, 12 months, we'd raised seed investment, we'd uh, become revenue generating, we'd opened offices in the United States and and had some, you know, really, really big customers in both the NHS and and the UK um, and internationally. And at that time, when when we were thinking, okay, are we going to go all in on um, venture capital? I think for me, I was like, I can't do absolutely everything. And this is true of, of founders and companies when you've got you know, when there's like multiple products or you're, you're looking at you know different markets and things like that, you're not going to be able to see everything really, really well. And, and that was one of the things that was kind of concerning me. So it was, what am I going to double down on? What am I going to put all of my time in? And even if the other thing that you're doing is still unbelievably fantastic and is going to make a ton of money and is going to help people, you have got to be somewhat kind of cutthroat and a little bit selfish. And so for Me, while I was kind of looking at things with a kind of a team of about 15 people at the time uh, and and with kind of Verti scaling up, I was like, actually, it's probably my responsibility to be be kind of doubling down and focusing on this rather than like running the day-to-day management around a Mm. fun type system. So yeah, I mean that that kind of brings us up to uh, to where we are today. But I'll, I'll let you kind of just jump in and, and talk about yeah. It's funny.
0: It's funny how things happen, dude. As well, because obviously, as you know, we each had what we enjoyed working with startups and doing, and I was always good at and enjoyed helping them operationally. I always enjoyed helping them with, well, in fact, you know, looking back, if looking back at the last 10 years of me helping startups, so much of it has been around communication. And even when they're raising investment, it's how to write a pitch deck, how to actually communicate to investors it's the type of questions they're going to ask you and how you respond. I think, you know, when you're looking to get hires, it's how you are presenting yourself to the market. If you're looking to get customers, it's very similar. And all these different things that I was helping people were largely around communication. I never really kind of identified it or knew it. I then ended up writing myself a fair bit ended up writing for Forbes as a contributor, started doing this podcast and realized that actually, you know, as a verbal communicator, I can hold my own, you know, and it's, I started helping companies with comms and PR and all that sort of stuff a lot more than I was helping them with other stuff and kind of started leaning into it. And I think it's, it's like you said about, you know, doubling down on on what you're good at and what you enjoy. And I think as as you were taking off with Verti, I was taking off with the common stuff. It was one of those things where, as you quite rightly say, it's like, what's worth doubling down on on like at this particular point? And yes, we had LPs on the table willing to give us money for this fund. Yes, okay, there were various bits and bobs that have happened with COVID-19 that might, might not have been ideal. But the point is, is that it's all kind of helped us realize that actually, for now at least, it's better off us having used all of that knowledge and learning and help that we've given to everybody to, to identify what we really enjoyed and what a win that is to know that actually now we can go and focus on the bits that we truly enjoy and truly love doing. And then who knows? About the future, right? Who knows? Because God knows, a, a VC fund that is focused on on health tech that understands international business models and can grow things in the right way, understanding all of the business models and things is is very much needed. But yeah, it's uh, it's, been a, it's been it's been a, it's been a hell of a journey. But I, I'm yeah, so glad that we've been on it to get to where we are now.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the really cool things for me was um, when. We were, um, you know, in, in my flat in Bristol and I remember saying, okay, what, what is it? When we were looking at kind of like revenue streams for yeah, yeah. you about, about potentially spinning, spinning something out and the uh, first question was, okay, basically what do you enjoy doing and what do you enjoy doing that you think you can get a revenue stream from? And you immediately said basically kind of growth marketing for, for startups. Yeah. Um, and then it was. Uh, we, we don't need to get into all the details about how we did it, but basically, it didn't take very long. It took a walk around <laughs> um, across the Clifton Suspension Bridge in Bristol, <laughs> and yeah. some some whiteboard, some whiteboarding, and it was a couple of hours. But the the upshot of basically what I kind of showed you then meant that you were you know able to to turn over a recurring revenue in a period of about, what, like two, three weeks? Yeah it, like long, yeah, it wasn't very long. It wasn't very long. So um, again, I would, if you were a startup listening to this, just think about how you can, you know, you can always get to revenue very, very quickly. And I think going out and getting venture capital is not the be all and end all. And you can show growth very, very quickly and easily if you if you actually plan things out and, and understand uh, what your customers want and understand the pricing structure and are able to offer value and build up a network.
0: So there we go. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly not a good buy, is it for, for you and I, it's certainly nowhere near that. And I remember you saying a while ago, like this is, uh, it's, it's very unlikely. This is the only thing we're going to do together. But I mean, it's, as I say, it's been, it's been a hell of a journey and obviously we're, we're at a point now where we get to, Use all of that learning to go and do what we enjoy, but yeah, I, you mentioned you mentioned something about wrestling before. Some analogy, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So
1: um, I, I would I'd look at all these things uh, always, always through the lens of the the WWF or WWF. <laughs> now. So um, I think uh, if if anyone has any problems in their life, uh, just go and watch a wrestling show. And you can probably reflect and, and learn quite a lot. From <laughs> <laughs> Known for their depth, the WWE shows. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So um, f- in this particular uh, scenario, the analogy is one of a tag team who are very, very successful together and are doing great things. And then uh, because it's all predetermined, uh, the uh, WWE split them up because they think that individually they're going to be... Um, more of an asset to the company and they're going to draw more people into seats. Um, and so they they rebrand people individually and they, they've got new finishing moves or they've got new tights <laughs> or something like that. And then they have a really successful singles run. Maybe they pick up the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> um, and then at the you know, WrestleMania in a couple of couple of years' time, they come back together and there's enormous crowd reaction and all their merchandising sales stuff it's really... Rejoined goes through the roof. So um, if yeah, if anyone ever asks me for advice, I try and reflect it back onto WF wrestling mainly because I find it hilarious.
0: Amazing. So I look, I look forward to our, our reuniting in four years to, uh, to to win the the championship. Fantastic. That's it. Get your tights ready. That's my ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool man. Um, Dude's been a pleasure catching up. I'm sure we'll we'll do it again probably in like two days when I when I ring you about something. But uh, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on.
1: All right, buddy. Absolutely perfect. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, best of luck with the podcast. Everyone who's listening, make sure you subscribe. Uh, Make sure you follow James on LinkedIn. What's your handles?
0: Uh, At James Somery for most stuff, J underscore Soms on Instagram. There you go. Follow, like things, engage with things, and maybe
1: one day you could be on this very podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks, buddy. Speak soon. All right, dude. Catch you soon.